Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've joined our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today, the episode, The Group. Now, let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, I think you have your computer here today. I do. We're all set up. You've now become almost the team roadie. You have really figured out how things work here. Well, the setup, I got it down pat. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quick to set up and quick to take down. We, uh, we come into my basement here in our taping studio and uh, set up, record, and take down, and depart. It's a pretty fast operation. And last week, you also identified a cord issue. A that cord. We, that we had yeah. a dead cord. Yeah. Who, kn- who knew that I'd be the technical guy? You are that guy now. Ooh, it's yeah. really cool. It's really Look cool. Look at that. Yeah. So let's continue on. Uh, we have both been managers for a long time. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee, and we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations, and we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And I think we will once again have a good discussion today. We always have good discussions. And, uh, you know, all these topics, they just really resonate uh, with both of us in our careers of times when we've uh, shown up in great ways and sometimes that we have not. And sometimes when others that we're reporting to have not shown up or have showed up. So, yeah, we're looking forward to this one. I've definitely had some major fails. Mm. So, you are meeting with a group of people and your boss doesn't address any of the dysfunction within the group and you experience all or some of the following. Some of the people monopolize the conversation. The group gets off topic quite often. Sometimes people say stuff and are totally out of line. Some of the quieter people don't get a chance to speak and contribute. Some of the group just check out. People are being too nice and not engaging. You wonder what the point of the discussion is. So what's up with this, Greg? How important is this subject and how does it affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, you know, when I looked at this one, the thing that jumped most to mind is these unintentional groups that that uh, come. And I know this is a wide-ranging topic, this one. But for me, the thing that I see often is where groups of folks have worked together for a long while or find that they have some common connectivity and these these inner groups within groups tend to happen and occur. And what happens is that unintentionally, normally, uh, other people get left out. Um, or all of these things can happen. So sometimes people are left out. And unknowingly, you, you just don't know how you can get into that group. And it's especially accelerated these days with the uh, remoteness. So when you come together, folks that have been together before naturally connect. You know, it's like at a party. You kind of hang out with those people that you relate to. And especially if you haven't seen them for a while, that almost intensifies. So the, the groupness can intensify. And if you're not a part of that group, you feel left out. The other thing you can do is, you've mentioned it here, is that not only can that connection leave others out, sometimes it creates groupthink or or a, an unwillingness to challenge each other because it's become more of a connection point and oh you don't want to you don't want to disrupt the the club the club or you know or the relationship that we have but you know those aren't those aren't great uh, uh, connection points great communities that that 
are are afraid of of not saying anything, standing for what they believe in, uh, challenging each other in a respectful way. So groups can be powerful and really, you know, a lot of the work that I do is helping to create connections and deepening understanding with a group, but it's the collective group. And I think one of the things that I've seen or that resonate most with me on this topic is those subgroups that, you know, sometimes are unintentional, uh, but but definitely can have a great impact on those that are outside the group or even the people that are within the group. I agree. And those subgroups, we all have connections and we all like to get business done. So when you already have that pre-existing connection with people, that helps you get stuff done quick. Mm-hmm. Right? And we all have those people and it's not uncommon to rely on them. I came uh, to this subject uh, a certain, from a certain perspective, facilitating conversations or being the manager, leading discussions in a group, and kind of have being in that tension of making sure that there's some boundaries and bumper pads mm. so we can get stuff done, but making it open enough that people can uh, you know freewheel and bring up ideas and stuff like that. And what I found in a, a bunch, especially when I've been um, – facilitating group discussions on issues and sometimes they're serious sometimes just functional getting people to read the room you know say their point but not talk for 20 minutes uh for people that are quieter that are you know more shy uh creating an environment that they will speak up and we will hear their ideas and there's a certain dynamic in a group especially if they well, I don't think it matters whether they know each other or not because I've always seen the same uh, types of issues. And it's been one of those things that I've had, that I've struggled with, that I continue to work on is facilitating those discussions, whether it's a meeting in work or in, in volunteer settings, that we have a good discussion, that people know kind of what the guard posts are mm. and that everybody respects everybody else. And I've had to say in a meeting, Okay, how's everybody doing right now? Quickly, there's 16 people here. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Trying to put in people's mind that everybody has to talk. Mm-hmm. So you can't talk about yourself for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I've seen really well-run meetings and I've seen train wrecks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's been me. So in this, the group, there's a certain dynamic and there is a tension in doing these types of things. And it's just being, you know, reading the room, being aware. I've had to take, meet somebody for a coffee. You know, in between meetings to say, listen, you have a lot of good things to say. You just can't say it all the time. Mm-hmm. Or listen, I know you're really passionate about this, but you cannot be combative when people are asking you questions, trying to understand what mm. you're bringing forward. And sometimes you have to speak to people and say, listen, you have some great things to say. This is what I'm looking, this is how I, I envision you sharing that mm. so that you can have the maximum impact. People will agree with you or ask you questions that's what this is about. You can't have your backup all the time when you come into a meeting with a new idea. And often you'll, you'll have a really good discussion and the quieter person will say something. And the more open people, the louder people will draw them out. And when you see, I hate to say it this way, the kids looking after business and mm-hmm. taking care of each other, it's a really good thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know what? I'm, I'm an extrovert. So I really, I, yeah, yeah. Are you? And I uh, combine my extroversion with a passionate topic. And I know historically I can get 
talking. And I'm also a connector. So often I will be a part of those groups, subgroups, even in meetings. So, you know, one, people um, get excited about the things that I'm saying because that's kind of what I do well. I can get people fired up, especially if I'm passionate about something. But you have to watch it because you miss so much when you do that. And, you know, we don't talk, well, not talking about necessarily here, but this whole idea of biases and blinders that are that are in front of us all the time that we don't because we just get in our natural grooves you know we get attracted to people that are like us you know we 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 just we just fall into those common patterns that we we don't even know exist uh, over time so um, I know one of the best things that I often do is I look for the person who is completely different from me uh, it might be style-wise, it might be cultural-wise, it might be gender-wise, it might be whatever, and try and make connections with those folks. And really, even if I'm the leader or not the leader, you mentioned sometimes it's when each of us, and we'll talk about this in this section later, but you can create space for others. You can be aware of, are you part of a, a, a smaller subgroup that, that is controlling the conversation? And what are we missing? You know, uh, um, and whose voice are we missing that can create a more richer dialogue and probably better ideas? I like that. I like that. An extreme example of this was many, many years ago, I was kind of the junior person on a team and they had started scheduling every other month, just a, a, t a time of discussion amongst the, the wider team, no bosses. And so I went to a few of these, but the same two people were talking and they're talking about the same crap. Mm. And after you know, a number of cycles of this, I just checked out. I didn't go. Uh, they never said whether it was optional or you had to attend. So I'd other, I'm always busy. So there's always something else to do. And I didn't go. And it was like a year before somebody, you know, Alistair, why don't you go to this meeting? Said, well, I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm hearing the same thing from the same people all the time. Mm. And that's an hour and a half, two hours. I just can't get back. Mm. So I've got other things to do. So that's what I've gone off to do. And I, like, I don't know if you tell me I have to go, then I will certainly go and try to contribute. Although it seems very difficult in this situation. And I was very cognizant of my position being uh, probably the more junior person mm. on this team. But it just didn't work for me. And, and an hour and a half or two hours in a day is a big chunk of time, right? And yeah. there's a whole bunch of other things I could be doing. And did I have a bad attitude towards it? I, I just wanted to work. I didn't want to sit there and just listening to the same thing time and time again. And I didn't even dislike the people that were monopolizing the conversation. They're good people. Mm. But I got, I got so many things to do. And, and listening to this thing that isn't going anywhere... Um, I, like it's just going to put me in a yeah. bad mood. I'm going to go off and do something else. So I checked out. Yeah, you know what? This is why it's so important. And we've talked about this on other podcasts, the idea of having a team charter or a meeting charter, or that sounds even a little too formal sometimes. It's just ways of working. How will this be? Let's just agree up front. What's the purpose of this gathering? Uh, what are we, what are we trying to do? What are the minimum requirements? Like everybody has a voice. No one, no one. Let's go around the table. You have five minutes. Right. So you put a little bit of structure in and then build in check-ins along the way 
that you can allow people's voice to say, hey, how are we doing against what we establish as kind of the framework or the rules of the game or how we're going to interact? That is so important. But, you know, often we don't spend the time up front to create those things. And then it'll just go its own way. It will wander. And if you it'll don't turn the, into that thing, if we, it will. And if you don't have those check ins to say, OK, you know, here's what we said. How would you rate we're doing against that and have a simple process to do that? Boy, oh boy, that's so great to keep it focused because it is a lot of time. We are very busy and people will check out either mentally in the room or physically as you described that you Just did. Just don't show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's where the tension is, right? Creating a space where people feel safe, but at the same time that there's enough guard line, guidelines around and un, an, or an understanding mm. about what's expected so that everybody can have a say and it can be a productive time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we, and we've talked about the subgroups being those, and those natural forming subgroups that don't necessarily, you know, aren't bad. They're just naturally forming. There, there have been situations that I have been in a meeting where there is an intentional gathering of certain people to push an agenda forward and and that you uh, that I've ag- I've disagreed with um but early on in my career I just felt that I didn't have the authority or the energy to call the gang out to call the gang out and um uh, again I I left organizations because I just didn't feel I felt that it was already planned and set up and that no one had a voice except for this small group it's it's like it's like high school you know when you have the inside group inside group the bullies and and again I would say 90% of the time it's not intentional it just happens and you just need to be aware of it and be self-aware of what's happening but there are those you know 5% of the time where it is very planful and um and you 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 know you just don't want to say anything i i I can't remember i was in a meeting recently and and someone said well this isn't something i'm going to uh i'm going to uh take a risk at uh at bringing my voice forward and they said that offline with regards and that was very telling it's so how ineffective is that organization or those meetings if someone is saying listen i'm not going to step into this i don't know about you greg I don't like my time wasted. No, no, no. I agree I got 100%. stuff to do. Yeah, I agree 100%. And this is where having those upfront dialogues are so important. So let's get down to some common sense as a manager to help address these things. And as I, I wrote these out, I went back and there were so many good examples of leaders that I was drawing upon and that uh, you know brought all sorts of good thoughts and ideas back, uh, which is also balanced by some of those negative experiences that I've had. But the first one, Make sure you know your people so you can guide the meeting along better. You know who these people are. You know what makes them tick. You know, you just know how they behave and how they approach things. And use that information. Go in there, you know, with the knowledge. Yeah, and we, and we know that the role of the manager is changing significantly to managing the space, creating the space for growth and learning. And so that requires you to know your people. And n- knowing them then uh, results in a deeper relationship, which allows you to have those between meeting conversations to say, hey, Alistair, you know, we talked about this before. Here's a couple of scenarios that I saw. Um, the, this is the impact that I, that I had on me and on others. Like, like let's talk about it. What, what did you see? And you're, you're, you're able to have a more direct and honest conversation if you know them and you built relationship. And give the topic out ahead of time, if you can, with a list of what you want covered, if possible, by, by creating an expectation, giving people kind of the structure of what needs to be 
dealt with. It allows people to determine how they're going to participate, to bring mm -hmm. their ideas, and to make the time as functional as possible. Yeah, and I think this is a little bit further down. Maybe we combine the the fourth one around expectations. This is what we were talking about earlier of like really be thoughtful and even have a conversation with the folks in the room is like what are we trying to accomplish? And what are what are the what are our ways of working to ensure that we hear the voices of everyone? Um, that wants to participate, and we bring the best out of everyone in this conversation. Having that conversation up front and kind of the rules of the road or the game plan or whatever you want to call it is so valuable because then you also have something you could point back to. You know, uh, people used to always go, oh, here we go, the ground rules again, you know, and the ground rules are People all, expect them, though. They really do. They, they are really, and you don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but, you know, get those ground rules, get them up, and, and then uh, empower everyone in the room to help hold us accountable to those ground rules including ourselves including ourselves it's so valuable and it it do doesn't and and you know what if you if it's an ongoing meeting have a quick check in at the beginning you know what one of the things i know time is of the essence and valuable to all of us so uh, we're going to have a regular part of our agenda just to check in with those ground rules is there anything else that through our conversation we need to add or change or delete to, to maximize the effectiveness of our time together and the contribution of every person in this room. That's a beautiful conversation to have. And if it's, nope, we're good, then you've reinforced it and you're uh, able to point things out if we get off track. I really like that approach, especially I find in my personal experience uh, facilitating groups within a volunteer context. Sometimes we're, we're talking about some trauma or people are experiencing some significant changes in their life or the life of a group of people by being upfront and saying what the expectations are and, and what we're looking for and, and where we hope this will go. People like to know that people get nervous if they, if there's an unexpected, they don't know what's going on, what's mm -hmm. going to happen today. And it helps people to monitor their own participation. It's so healthy, Greg. Mm -hmm. It makes the time much more productive, more people participate. There's no secret to this. It's sometimes hard, especially if you're you're in a group of people and there's been some huge dynamics and things going on, but people ex expect there to be a structure to things. They expect there's rules or guidelines on how things are supposed to be done. They're not always happy with it, but they expect it. They may challenge it but everybody feels more comfortable when they know what the expectations are for the time that they're going to spend with other people. Yeah. And I agree. And the, the idea of just having the topic, and we've said this before, if you can also include the why behind it mm -hmm. is really, really, really helpful because then you get, if you get people to kind of, okay, okay, I know what I'm going to, I can be prepared for, I can think about it. And the why is, okay, I, I, I get, I get it. I can ask a couple clarifying questions, but it's going to save a lot of time and allow you to be in dialogue versus um, uh, understanding. And the more you can understand before going in, the better. I agree. There's four points here. I'm just going to run through all four of them because I think they can be mm -hmm. uh, discussed in, in kind of one um, bundle. Read the room when meeting, when the meeting gets going to see if you can observe any building dynamics or concerns rein people in if necessary it will keep things going and other members of the team expect it to happen in a healthy way call out people 
And if there are any serious unhealthy dynamics in the group, deal with them outside of the meeting, being clear about what the concerns are and what the expectations are. We cannot let things start to um, heat up. Uh, people go down a path where it's going to be uh, unhealthy for them, unhealthy for the group. Sometimes you have to have a conversation outside of the group and, and say to somebody, say, listen, I really appreciate what you bring to this group. Let's talk about how we can make you more effective. Uh, if you might have seen, you know, some people got their backs up. Let's talk about your approach. Let's talk about how you're listening to other people so that we can get as much out of this discussion as possible. You bring a lot of valuable things to this. We need to make this better. I, I've had to call people out before. I've had people call me out. Mm -hmm. And it's been very instructive and nobody likes to be called out and it burns a little. But at the end of the day, we want to have a good meeting. We want to be able to bring our point across for people to understand us and also to support other people in as they kind of develop their thoughts on whatever the subject is. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, um, uh, reading the room is really important. Reading yourself and knowing how I'm showing up is always the first thing we always talk about as a manager. You need to take that space before you go into these meetings and understand how I'm showing up in these meetings. But, you know, in the context of this group idea and the group think and the, the power dynamics and all those type of things, uh, spending some time and thinking about before the meeting, who's in this meeting and what do I normally see in these folks in the area? What are the things that I'm, I'm probably that I can uh, deal with up front before we even start? Um, what do I anticipate might be some of the things I need to shift and move forward? And how do I do that early on so that I can set the tone? Because, uh, you know, it, you can start a meeting uh, if, if you know that the typical players are coming and they have a tendency to do this. Or they have an agenda. Or they have an agenda. Pick it up front and saying, you know what, here's, as we enter into this meeting, I want to highlight a couple things that are really important for me. Uh, what's really important for me is that everyone has a voice. What's what I know, and I love this team, but they, you know, we sometimes get a hold of something and we steam ahead and we don't open space for alternative ideas and that type of thing. I've seen this in the past and I count myself as a part of this. And so I'm encouraging us to watch out for that and and collectively hold ourselves accountable and support others in it are you all in it for me are you all in agreement having that kind of conversation uh up front that is honest um and engaging can be so powerful to set the tone and create the expectations i like what you're kind of building here there's a prep i know this group i know you know kind of what people's uh, approaches to these discussions so maybe i do a little bit of preparing myself for that at the beginning of the meeting kind of laying out the expectations, uh, being very straightforward with people. And also during the meeting, maybe giving somebody a nudge mm -hmm. that, you know, if they're starting to whatever, that those negative dynamics are starting to come up. And after, after the meeting's over, maybe you go out and have a coffee and say, Greg, listen, love the idea. You have to let somebody else talk. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. had questions for you. They might've had some information that you would find helpful. Next time we go in, I think you'll find it really good if you say your bit and then open up the floor and let people ask you questions because I know you have a great experience in this area, but other people want to pull on that experience to see what you're talking, so they can understand mm -hmm. what you're talking about. And there's some pretty experienced people here that might have some stuff to add on that you can take away to make your idea even better. So that's what I'm looking for next time. Uh, you know, 
and just have that conversation. I've had that conversation dozens of times and people go, oh, number one, you're validating them. Right. You want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. It is a good idea, mm -hmm. but maybe we could actually all discuss it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree 100%. So I do think there is that prep. There is that at the start, yeah. always reinforce it. And if there's something on your mind, say it out and, and, and lay it out and engage them together in the solution during having those conversations and pointing back what you started out with and saying, oh, hang on a second. I, I, I feel, I sense that we're moving away from our, our agreed principles with regards to it. And I'm worried that Mary and Dorothy and Johnny haven't had a chance to, to voice their thanks. Their hands up are on, are on the right. Zoom screen. Right, right. And I, and I get it that we get excited. And then to your point afterwards, uh, first of all, encourage. If, if Alistair is the guy who always says stuff and kind of can sometimes get over enthusiastic and take over a meeting. And if he doesn't a couple times, be specific saying, Alistair, I could, I could almost feel you bubbling up at the point when we talked about this and I saw you pause. It creates space for and others. It creates space for others. And yeah. boy, oh boy, that was, that was, that was, that was very cool. And I saw you slip a little bit. Uh, later on, you went to this and you went to that. And I'm not sure if you felt that or sensed it. Well, I'm curious what was going on, first of all. Let's talk about it. And and what could have we done differently in that space? So it's a beautiful, coachable moment uh, of recognition and also asking the question rather than saying, I think you should have done this, you know, bring that question out and say, I saw this happen. I could see that happen. And I'm wondering, what's another way that we could approach to ensure that we tap into? What do you think? And that person's going to have ideas. They're going to know it. And you're engaging them again in that solution. The discernment piece in having that discussion is something that comes through root, through experience, mm. being sensitive to the situation. And the thing that I not struggle with, but that's part of the learning process, you know, in becoming a supervisor and manager is how detailed I get in that conversation. You know, what I emphasize, uh, maybe there was four things that I wanted to call them all on, but I had a really good thing. So I start off with a good thing mm -hmm. and I pick maybe one of the bad things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that discernment in, in how, how far you go down in terms of giving feedback mm -hmm. on, on what happens. And I think that's something that uh, you know, as you get to know the person, as you get to know the situation, as you become more confident in your own abilities, uh, you can make that judgment call about how detailed you get. Yeah. Well, it's like you said at the beginning, you know, um, read the room. Well, read the room all the time. And, you know, as leaders today, it's not about reading the room, just listening to words. It's about sensing energy of the person. It's posture. About posture. It's about the whole picture. And, uh, and the more you become aware of it, then almost go through those filters to say, you know what, I think I need to talk to Alistair, but I'm wondering, do I feel that this is the time? Mm. And 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 it, you you might just do a check-in and say, Alistair, I just wanted to kind of check in. We talked a little bit about what we're trying to create. How'd you feel about that? And if Alistair says, oh, I felt it went great, and you're thinking, oh boy. That, it was that, a train wreck. That's a train wreck. Um, depending on the energy, you might say, well, you know what? I think we should talk because they're, they're, uh, tell me why, what went great. Uh, and uh, uh, let's just ground ourselves again in what were our expectations. So where were the spots that you created space for, you know, and having a conversations? And then what might you still do better next time? You know, that WWEBI that I always say, what went well, even better if. That's a nice soft entry point. Uh, you know, if, if Alistair continues not to get it, then you're going to have to, uh, 
be a little bit more direct, but that's and more okay. specific and, and more, more specific. examples. Yeah, yeah. And both of you, both of us have been managers or you've been a senior leader and things like that. I've been a supervisor. But one thing I, I, I don't know where this came up. I think, I think it actually might've been when I was in school for social work about, you know, you spend some time with somebody talking to them and always afterwards as the, as the person in charge of the situation uh, or has authority over the situation, it was always, okay, how did that go well? Mm. Did I, as the person, as the supervisor, as the leader or whatever I was, how do I feel that that went? And I got like, pretty sure the first five minutes was good but it's that uh, that last 25 Mm -hmm. minutes i think did not go that well and and uh in this situation as a a leader or as a manager um really important to think about how those interactions went afterwards and i've gone to the point where i've even written it down and went like pros this went well Mm -hmm. this isn't so well okay what do i kind of need what do i need to do for this or maybe what conversations do i need to have with other people to kind of address this side of things Mm -hmm. sitting down and actually taking a bit of an inventory of yourself will help the group in the long run because Mm -hmm. you become much more efficient and and comfortable in dealing with things i agree i agree we jumped around a lot but i think the two left create a space for the quieter members of the team to participate i've seen this handled so well Greg, this is kind of your thing. You had this situation in a previous mm-hmm. issue that we're dealing with. What are your thoughts on this? Mm-hmm. Bringing those people that perhaps uh, we have so many quiet people just sitting on so much experience and so mm-hmm. much knowledge. And how often do we effectively mine that or yeah. get them to feel comfortable coming forward? Well, you know, from a wider diversity perspective, I always, I don't always, I my, I, I try to follow the rule of, so first of all, who's not at the table? Because if you look around, you think, do, am I, do I have a, a broad enough representation in this meeting of folks? Uh, and that could be cultural, it could be organizational department, it could be, it could be backgrounds and experience. So first of all, do I have an, um, is, are the right people at the table in order to give me the fullest view of this situation? But the second thing is, whose voice isn't being heard at that table? So if you are hyper aware of who's speaking and who isn't speaking, you're going to get the interviewers. You're going to get the folks that feel outside of that group. You're going to get the, 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 you know, the, the more voices at the table, which will provide another perspective. And you want to find ways to do that that isn't going to be, um, you know, pointing them out. Because the introvert, you don't want to say, stand up front and tell us what you think with regards to it. I love what you just said there around, hey, you know what, you've said something earlier that really... So sometimes it's just even listening and, and getting a point. And I'd love you to dive a little bit deeper on that. Create space. You know, someone was talking recently about um, uh, presenting on Zoom and remote, the things you need to take into consideration. And uh, in, in Ontario, we have AODA, which is a, a Disabilities Act around how do you create space for different people in the room. And one of the things that is in there is actually creating space for people who need a little bit more time to think. Because there are certain um, uh, uh, abil- different abilities where someone 
doesn't think quickly on their feet. So being able to create space and, you know, some of the things you talked about earlier about uh, having the topic earlier on, um, really being clear up front why we're gathering, that's one way to allow those folks that maybe need to think a little bit more to come fully prepared to show up to participate. So it's, it's in the meeting, but it's also what can you do ahead of the meeting to create confidence and 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 create that thinking time. So I think there's some really interesting things there. I, I like the quieter members, but it's also why are people quiet, and what do you need to do differently in order to uh, raise their voice? Sometimes it's encouragement. Sometimes it's just time. I agree. And the last point on this side: model how you want people to participate. I've seen a leader go. Listen, sorry, sorry, sorry for I interrupted you. Mm-hmm. Please continue on with your thought. Yeah. And when the leader does that, everybody goes, oh, okay. Number one, they're human. Yeah. They've admitted that they stepped over somebody. And now they, they've apologized and opened up the floor and please. Yeah. Yeah. I was just smiling to myself because I remember one leader that was, he just was a fantastic person and he, he just wanted to share and take over ideas, but he knew, and it was so hard for him to just shut up. <laughs> Uh, so he gave out yellow cards to his team, you know, in uh, soccer, football. Um, That's you, bad, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's okay. the warning. The it's warning. The warning. Okay, gotcha. So it's not a red card, although I might have given red cards too. But the the yellow cards were, I need you to help me because I get wound up and I get excited and you know that. And so just if you see that, I give you total, total uh, uh, authority to just lift that card when you see me going that. And it created this just humorous aspect. I'd of be throwing it, it on the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it did, but it created some fun. And again, that's modeling the behavior saying, I know that I do this. Um, so I'm going to really try to do this. Um, you know, so uh, that's, that's one fun way that I saw once an, a leader do. And it was, it was uh, fantastic. So let's jump over to the employees. Mm -hmm. What are some things that we can do uh, to approach this situation? And the first one kind of plays off what you were saying a, a few minutes ago. Prepare for any meeting. If you get a pre-read and there's something you feel is important to be in the prep materials, reach out right away. There's nothing better as a manager that if I've thrown out some materials, somebody goes, oh, we had this about three or four years ago. There's another uh, memo or something and, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll send it to you. And then, you know, as a manager, I can decide whether it goes mm -hmm. in the material, but I love it when I know that people are actually reading the stuff that I'm sending out mm. and that they come prepared, that they've got some thoughts, maybe some ex pre previous experiences. I love it when people are prepared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and I would, the other thing that's jumped in my head again about this group aspect, if you know you're not a part of the group or if you don't feel that you're part of the group, uh, be prepared. And again, similar to what the leader can do things, what can you do ahead of a meeting? You know, if you leave a group and you're a part of a group and you just don't feel a part of the group, what can you do proactively to build those bridges? Um, and it might be if the topic's saying, you know, if there's somebody who is really uh, in the group, uh, having a conversation with saying, hey, you know what, I... Um, I did some research and I found this ahead of time and having that conversation, you know, so what, but what else can you do to uh, build relationship? Because often, as I said, these, these mostly aren't in, intentionally trying to keep people out. They're just habits that have been formed. And the next one, 
is be prepared to listen to others. So go in there with, you know, predisposed that, oh, I want to hear what everybody else has to say on this, but also to speak up yourself. Mm. Preparing yourself ahead of time, as we kind of talked before, is so important. Like, you know, have points. Like when I get an agenda ahead of time, I go, oh, and there maybe there's some background material, maybe there isn't. But I write notes. Like I write myself, these are the questions I have. These are some of the ideas I have. Mm. And so when I go in there, I'm ready to go because... As a manager, there's nothing more irritating than nobody's read anything, mm -hmm. nobody's given any thought, because then it's a very different meeting. Yeah, and you know, we've talked about this. Uh, so if you know you are one of those people that doesn't have a problem sharing their ideas, um, if you are one of those people, um, I would recommend a simple idea. And this idea is that when you feel something bubbling up, uh, if you are someone who does take greater space, intentionally go into a meeting saying that the first time something bubbles up, I'm going to write it down and I'm not going to say anything. If it bubbles up again, then I'll say something. Sometimes I recommend doing wait three times. On the third time, say something. But it will force you to hold back a bit. If you're someone who tends to, and especially if you're the leader, that's a, that's a good thing. If you are someone who tends to not speak up, um, really listen to your instincts and move fast. And again, use those three, three, uh, um, you know, unarguable statements. I feel, I think I'm sensing, uh, what do you think? Um, I'm, I'm just, something's bubbling up for me that I wanted to share. Well, is that, does that resonate with anyone else? Just for folks, if you are someone who has a tendency not to speak, just say that I am really going to listen to my instincts at least once in this meeting, I'm going to jump in. Um, using that, those kinds of phrases to, to get my point out. Um, it's just about working the muscle and the muscle might be holding off and saying something, or it might be stepping up and saying something. I really like that. And if you know a quieter member of the team who has some good input, encourage them to speak up at the meeting. You're preparing for the meeting. You go, Oh, Greg, Gre this is, this is Greg. Mm -hmm. This is a Gregism. There's, there's a bunch of stuff. Greg's really good at this. And go and have just a quick chat with them. Say, Did you see that briefing, those briefing materials? Did you see the agenda? Yeah. This is you, buddy. That one point especially. Mm -hmm. I, I know we've had this discussion before. You wrote some paper on it or something. Mm -hmm. The group needs to hear what you have to say. Yeah, yeah. And, and just quietly encourage them. Don't put too much pressure on them. Yeah. Uh, but encourage them. Like, this is you. Like, th this point here. That yeah. was written for you to participate, yeah, my yeah. friend. I love that. And, you know, again, it's just being thoughtful and proactive even before the meeting. But even if you haven't in the meeting, um, be aware of people that you can see kind of wanting to say something. You can tell, again, the body language. If people are sitting there and then they, they kind of sit up straight as if they're going to say something, and then you see them sit back, sit up straight, say something, you know they're trying to say something. They've got that nervous energy. They've got that nervous energy. So be aware of others around you. And, you know, um, I, I've had lots of times where even on Zoom or in meetings where I've said, you know what, I, Mary, I, I'm sensing you have something that I can just see some energy. Is there anything there? If she says no, okay, cool. I, Fair I'm, enough. I misread it. But Probably nine out of 10 times, Mary's got something to say. Well, if you take that back to the beginning of our little talk here, when you know your people, mm -hmm. you probably know that Mary does have something to right. say. And right. hopefully you've been able to encourage her. And if in that instance, she's backed off, then maybe you have a couple quick conversations, encourage her mm. that, you know, um, you know, you know what she's about. Um, yeah. No, no, that's yeah, cool. That's I agree. cool. I agree. 
and model how you want people to participate in the meeting, just like the manager. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, say you, you talk over somebody or whatever, you're dismissive. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I need to hear what you have to mm -hmm. say. Whatever it is, if we model how we want other people to behave and participate, it's catchy. Mm -hmm. Negative behaviors are catchy, but so are really good behaviors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, I would uh, also be really aware of the people that you are comfortable with and hanging out with, uh, and be aware of those subgroups because the in in the people that irritate you, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know what? As we always say, uh, push into the irritation. Uh, because there's something, usually if someone really peeves you off and you're irritated by them, they're saying something that you need to know. Um, and so push into that with curiosity um, versus avoid them and uh, um, not go there. I'm going to be pretty honest. I always have at least one person wherever I'm working that really irritates me. <laughs> and I'm conscious of it and I don't. sometimes there's no reason for it. And it's something I just have to admit to myself and push into whatever they're saying. Yeah, there's always, and you know, there's always someone who reminds us of somebody and we don't even think that they remind us of somebody, but that's usually the case. But subconsciously, we're there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people do get it right or have a unique insight. Sometimes somebody comes into a conversation just loaded and they're just coming in. And you know what? It just might be that occasion where they just have it. They figured it out and it's going to be a lot about them this week. But that's just the way it is sometimes. And, uh, you know, it does happen from time to time. Yeah, yeah. And equally, sometimes the, the, if we don't create the space, those unique insights are missed because people don't say it. So it's, it's you know, being okay with somebody being enthusiastic and maybe taking a little uh, control of the conversation, like really uh, believe in good intent uh, and still manage the energy to ensure those other insights or builds don't get missed. Wrap up, Greg. Yeah, you know what? I think it's just uh, similar to a lot of our pod, our podcasts we talk about. It's about knowing yourself. But this one in particular, I just like to really highlight this idea of groups. Who's in, who's out, um, who's not being heard, um, who's taking over and not creating space for others. We know that having a diverse uh, perspective and viewpoint of multiple ideas is always going to get you to a better place. And we also know that we are drawn naturally to people that are like us or who are connected to us that we feel comfortable with. And that's not a bad thing, but it, you know, like everything else, there's two ends of the stick and it can get really bad if you lose sight of others around you and also lose sight of not having the courage to bring tough things forward in this in this small kind of connected group. So it's really just being aware of it, like in anything. And there's lots of things you can do before meetings, during meetings, and after meetings. And in the end, it's all about creating a space where people can bring their best, uh, whomever they are, whatever style or approach or background they have, can bring their best. And those unique insights that you mentioned at the end there, um, that's where beautiful things can bubble up. Um, to make your organization and your team more successful. I think my wrap-up is pretty brief. We all want to have a good meeting. How and whatever role we have, can we ensure that that takes place? Mm -hmm. And as the manager, there's a additional expectation that if there is some unhealthy dynamic going on, that you take steps to deal with it 
so that we do have those good meetings. You know, whether you're the employee or the, the manager, we all have a certain responsibility for our own actions and how we come to that to the meeting. And if we respect one another, if we're organized, if we understand what the expectations are, hopefully we have just a great, great chat. Yeah, I agree. So listen, folks, we hope uh, some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you angry. But Greg, your philosophy, I think this is a really good one for your philosophy. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, right? And at the end of every episode, we talk about a great insight that my first coach gave me. And she said, when we gather and when we have conversations, there are times when you're going to feel really good, joyful about what you heard and excited. And there are going to times when you're going to feel a little crunchy and maybe even a little peeved off about something you heard. But both of them are signals of opportunities for growth. And uh, and she said, you know what, listen to both and then decide what you're going to do and integrate them into your growth strategy. And we hope that in this podcast that if, if there was something we said that kind of got you churning or something that got you feeling really good, both are good. Investigate those a little bit and see how you want to take those to help you in your personal growth journey. That's so cool. Shut up. Sounds good. I think we've said this town before, but there's 129 downloads as of yesterday and today wow. within two days Wow! from this place, mm-hmm. which is a lot for one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Western Canada. Wow. Welcome to the group if we haven't welcomed you before, but we certainly appreciate your business. That is awesome. Saskatoon uh, is a beautiful a uh, little city in Saskatchewan. So for folks that aren't from Canada or from not from Western Canada, it is a sweet, beautiful little spot. It's in the middle of the flat part. It is, it is. But it's also got some some uniqueness. It's not, Regina is really flat. Yeah. Saskatoon is a little less flat, but um, uh, it's a beautiful, a beautiful part of the country. So thanks for tuning in and downloading so many episodes in a short period of yeah, time. We appreciate it. That is awesome. So remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.